Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is excited to get that wordle right today. I don't even play. I'm just ah. excited. I'm, I'm just excited that I'm in a part of the country that doesn't have snow or rain. It's just not warm, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for making Locked on Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk about Saturday night's game against the New York Rangers and then look ahead to our back-to-back against the New York Islanders. Then it's Monday, so of course we will have our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right. So, man, that 3-2 loss to the Rangers on Saturday, I got to say, it hurt. It just could have gone so much better, and it didn't. So let's get into it a little bit. First off, I just want to mention, Wade Allison did check in for the Phantoms this weekend, and we will be talking about it tomorrow during our weekly check-in with the Phantoms. Rasmus Ristolainen was officially out of COVID protocol, but he wasn't ready to play for that game. Luckily, he had much milder symptoms this time. If you recall, when he was with Buffalo, he had a real tough time of it. Yes. Now that's good for him. And then Lou Nolan got COVID. So uh, there was a fill-in as the public announcer at Wells Fargo Center. And, uh, you know, he'll be back after a few games, I think, uh, hopefully he recovers quickly. Yeah, I was watching from my hotel room and I could tell the difference. And that's when I frantically started searching what's up with Lou. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're sending our best wishes to him. You know, the lines were what we would have expected, except for maybe having Mayhew back in the lineup again. Yeah, I, again, I I don't think we can get rid of any of these Minnesota guys at this point. Like, they're all there, whether we want them or not, whether they play well or not. It just seems like it's a mandate now. It is. And, you know, I think that also comes into play with Nick Sealer on the defensive side of things. I will say, the game against the Rangers, he played a little bit better than he had the previous couple of games, I think, overall. You mean where he just didn't, like, headlock a guy and get called for holding? Yeah, I mean, you know, the bar is low. But I I thought... He he did play better, but he again, did. I just I just don't think he should be in the lineup. No, I, I agree. So with this game against the Rangers, I really thought it was pretty similar to the Boston games in terms of the super slow start. Uh, they took 11 minutes or so to get a shot on goal. They had another period in the game where it was like five or six minutes, I think, without a shot on goal. 
and like you're not going to win games that way. No, but a few things happened too that we we talked about. If they were going to let Adam Fox sort of have the time and space to figure out things on the ice like the geometry and who's open and who's not when he's got the puck, you were going to be in trouble. And they did eventually let that happen, and they were in trouble. If you were going to let Chris Kreider win the battle and be in front of the net, you were going to be in trouble, and they were in trouble. We also, of course, talked about Mika Zibanejad and Philip Hedel as kind of flyers killers, and you you just couldn't let them do what they do. And sure enough, both of them scored in the game. And the aforementioned Chris Kreider. Uh, we also talked about the Rangers' power play and how that top power play unit uh, with Fox, to your point, uh, was pretty unstoppable. And uh, Zabenajad's goal was that power play goal. And they leave him out there for like a minute and a half, sometimes yeah. a minute 45. Like they just leave that out there. They, they don't even care if they're tiring a little bit. They just leave him. It's extraordinary. And he just doesn't seem to get gassed Mm-mm. pretty easily. I think one of the big upsides in this game was the play of Cam York. Uh, he got his first yeah. NHL goal in this game, so that's good to see. Um, and he looked really good on power play one. I think he was really confident and was making good choices. Um, I thought his the pairing with Sanheim is going really well. Uh, it'll be interesting when Risto gets back what they decide to do about that but I thought he also was probably one of the strongest people on the ice during the empty net ice time at the end of the game but what were your thoughts about Cam York? Yeah he played well I know he saved at least one goal he tied up a few guys in front of the net so he he did show that his strength level is better than it was a year ago so that's good. Five on five he does look really good too. Uh it's funny because while he does have good puck movement and everything on the power play, his shot's not the same on the power play than it is five on five. I can't explain it to you, but you'll see probably more goals from him five on five than you will on the power play. Because he, if you notice, he he just misses. I don't know um, what that all entails. I'll have to watch it a little more closely, but I've just seen him do that before. But five on five, when he doesn't have time to think about it, he could put it right on net and do really well with it. Either way... Very good game. What's really funny here is, again, and I saw this happen with Sabres fans and Ukapekalukanen, when you feel like your team is not playing great, falling out of it, however you want to say it, uh, you latch on to some of the young guys. So it's like, you can't put Cam York down. He looks good enough. You can't ever send him back. And it's like, you know, and and Sabres fans were saying that about Pekka Lukanen, and I, you know, I tweeted something, they all killed me, and then, you know, three games later, he's injured. It's not going to happen to Cam York, but again, while this window looks good, I'd leave him up. If the window stops looking good at some point, then you, then you worry about it. But I can't say, and I would never say, you should never send him down again, because that's, you know, I get it from the fan perspective, what they're thinking, but you you know, from the coaching and development side, you can't say that yet. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. It's just leave him in as long as he's playing well. But if he yes. starts to struggle, there's there's ways to help him out. And mm-hmm. that's either by sitting him for a game or by letting him go back down to Lehigh Valley. There's nothing wrong with that at this point. I mean, can I just say I'm looking forward to the point, even though we're going to say something good about him for this game when maybe Keith Yandel's not in the lineup every game? Well, speaking of Keith Yandel... I have to say, again, 
much better game from him than we have been seeing. He did save a goal. I thought he played pretty decently on the one power play that they had. Um, again, the bar is low, but I thought he cleared the bar. He cleared the bar until the sixth, you know, until the extra attacker at the end of the game. Then I'm not sure he had a game plan, right? Like he just could never get set. None of them could get really set, but he's supposed to be the guy that sets them all up. And I just felt like it was, it was crazy. It was like helter skelter and he just didn't have it together where he was having a good game up to that point. I agree with you. Yeah, honestly, I think the biggest defensive problem the Flyers had in this game was on the Chris Kreider goal because yeah. there were two Rangers net front. It was Kreider and Kako and like nobody cleared either one of them. And that allowed the deflection. Mm-hmm. And, and there was no way for Carter Hart to know who was going to get the deflection. So you can't really put that goal on him. You know, the difference in the teams and the will in that game were you weren't getting Kreider out of that crease. But when JVR did finally go to the crease, after a couple pushes, you know, a little battle, he'd be like, all right, you know, and and he'd skate back a little. Like, he'd give up the battle. I will say it was also good to see Oscar Lindblom having a pretty good game and getting a goal on the board as well. Um, I, I think his confidence is at a, a nice level, and I hope he continues to do so. His confidence is there. His strength is there. I'd probably move him up to the second line. There's, you know, there's a couple of invisible guys in this lineup, one being Travis Konechny. Uh I wouldn't mind moving Konechny down to the third line, honestly. Wouldn't that be a thing? <laughs> I mean, it, that's the whole thing. At this point, though, it would be a thing, but if we watch his scoring arc, and you look at it from the consistency that he had in scoring goals to now the complete inconsistency he has. And it's not even just scoring goals, just complete inconsistency in his play. At least I know what Lindblom's going to bring every game. That is a fair point. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what next and what is next in our immediate future is the New York Islanders. So we'll get into what's going on with them as well. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar, makes it so easy to stick to your resolution because they taste so good. Unlike other protein bars, sometimes they're chalky or taste like chemicals. You want to eat healthy, but it can get so boring. But Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So when you're craving a snack, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Bilt Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but also 17 grams of protein. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from. I like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and also mint brownie. Bilt Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Bilt.com to see what's new. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 
All right, Russ, so what's next in the big picture, right? Because the Flyers are now in a seven-game losing streak, which is Mm -hmm. not great. They've already had a 10-game losing streak this season. You know, they're tanking in the division, Mm -hmm. and something has to give here. So what's your next step? I'll tell you, my next step, I think we're seeing at least half the team playing the way Mike Yo wants, but... Still, I see a lot of indecision, hesitancy, and, and I'll give you an example. Like when, when it was six on five and the time's running low and the puck's you know, along the wall, it was a two-on-two battle along the wall. Like the rest of the Flyers were watching, hoping the puck would come out to them. And it's like, why doesn't somebody go over there and get the puck? Make it a three-on-two situation. There's times when... They almost don't know. Some of the players don't know when to be that guy, be the man, be aggressive. And I don't know how you can drum that into them at this point in the year, but I got to try if I'm the coach. Yeah, I think you have to reward people who have that sense of urgency, right? Yes. They're going to take it upon themselves to try and make something happen. And, you know, there may be a fear of being out of position according to what the coaches want them to do or they're being told to do. But sometimes you overrule that with your instinct. I mean, if you're an NHL player and you have a good sense for the game, you know when to do that. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the game's on the line here. Like, I got to I gotta try something. Exactly. Well, next on deck for the Flyers is the New York Islanders. It's a back-to-back and... <laughs> Um, it's going to be a tough couple of days, I got to say. Uh, the Islanders are in a bit of an interesting situation, I think, with them being last in the Metro. Uh, they're currently 11, 13, and 6. Um, they had won three games in a row, though, against the Devils in overtime, against Edmonton, against the Bruins. They did get shut out by the Caps on Saturday, 2 to nothing, but... That doesn't really reflect how that game was. It was much, much closer than that, I think. Um, There were some times where the Islanders looked like they were struggling, but overall, I think, you know, they held the caps back. And I think that that, how they've been playing recently, in combination with the fact that they have seven games in hand on the Flyers right now because of everything that happened to them at the beginning of the season. You know, they're only five points behind the Flyers, but have those seven games. So the Islanders are actually, like, working towards something here. Yeah, they they definitely are. Their defense is definitely getting back on track. Their movement with the puck on defense is getting back on track. And so you do have to worry about trying to get past their defense and not let them suffocate you. I have a bigger question, though. Bigger question is, how will the Flyers get to the game on the island? Will they fly or will they charter a bus? I would charter a bus. I wouldn't take the train because we know about the train. So I I would charter a bus. What would you do? I don't know because it depends on the weather. That's a good point too. So a bus might not be great if it's snowing or icing. Right, right. There's no good way to get there. Let's just say it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Where do you fly out there? To Islip or to LaGuardia? I think you go to Islip. It's a smaller airport, at least. Could be. Could be. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, the Islanders should be at full strength. Um, 
their COVID list should, in theory, be empty by the time uh, the game happens tonight. Ryan Pulak was the only one on there. Well, Barry Trotz was on there, too. But I think they'll both be good to go. Ross Johnson is suspended for an illegal check to the head from the Devils game. So he should be the only one out in this game. So the Islanders will have what their version of full strength is, I think. Yeah, it's going to be – Full strength for them. They haven't had that a lot this year. They've kind of been loosely using that as an excuse. But whatever, like every team's going through stuff this year. I think one of the bright spots for the Islanders over the last stretch of games is the top defensive pairing of Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield. They're playing really well together. And Pellick is probably the best player on the Islanders right now. Um, He has amazing vision, breaks up plays. And uh, when they had that game against the Caps, even though they got shut out, the second goal was empty netter that Ovi scored. But Pellick and Mayfield were out there for the vast majority of the time that Ovechkin was out there and held him to nothing. Yeah, I'm very biased towards Scott Mayfield because I covered him in my first fall classic that I ever saw for the USHL. They invited us out to do a show in Sioux Falls of all places. Like, so we had to go to Sioux Falls to do this. He was one of the best players in that tournament. Just a really hard worker. He's really worked himself into a nice player. Uh, he has a little bit of offense in his game, but he mostly has that snarl and skating ability to get the puck out. And then Pellick can be one of the best defensemen in the league, mostly on the defensive side, sometimes with some good offense. But the pairing is tough to beat. And that is going to be something where the Flyers are going to, you know, when, they, when they're at home, they'll be able to avoid it. When they're not home, then that's a whole other story. Uh, also, defensively, I want to talk about Noah Dobson. And he has been, I think, a large part of what the Islanders have been doing recently on the power play. They were terrible at the beginning of the season, but recently it has been much improved. And Dobson has gotten a lot of minutes on the power play and is starting to get a little bit of a scoring touch as well. And so I think he's somebody else that Flyers fans should keep an eye out for. Yeah, Dobson, um, I think, gained a lot of confidence when the others were out and was finally given a bigger role. They kind of had been bringing him exactly. along slowly. And and this is what he was able to do in juniors. You know, he won a Memorial Cup. I, I go back to the 2018 draft because I made him um, – Darlene goes first, so that's a defenseman. I had Dobson as the next best-ranked defenseman, then Quinn Hughes, then Bouchard, then Boquist – like, <laughs> Matias Samuelson's in there. He's going to eventually be a factor. Keandre Miller. This was a really good draft for defensemen. And so Dobson is just finally coming through. He's still really young. That's the funny thing. And he's going to be there for a long time. So, yes, he is a he is a guy to watch out for because much like Fox, um, he doesn't have the offense that Fox does, but he has the IQ. He really does. And so I think that the – Flyers PK is going to have some trouble on their hands if they can't get their structure together if he's out there on the power play. I think offensively, the biggest question for me is Matt Barzal because clearly he's, he's their team's leading scorer and he's a great center. Is he a 1C right now? I'm not sure. And there's been some questions around him this season and as far as taking a step forward that maybe he hasn't yet. Well, I think he's a 1C if he doesn't have the shackles on him, which the Barry Trotz system does for him. If you let Matt Barzell just go out there and skate 
and you know play the best defense he can, but not have to be so defensively forward. I, I think Matt Barzell would score way more points, and he would get paid even more than what the Islanders are going to end up paying him on this, on this next deal. So I, I still think he is a 1C. I just think that the Trot system turns him into something else. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair because of, of the you know chokehold through the middle. Yes. Style, I think that kind of works against what Barzal is best at in terms of speed and the way that the system structures zone entries. Yeah, he needs to have the puck on his stick, make the zone mm-hmm. entry himself sometimes, sometimes go in the corner, sometimes go right up the middle and just disrupt the other team. But, he, you know, how often does he get to do that? And not often. I do want to talk about the Islanders' fourth line, not because we should be focusing on it as much, but with the Islanders, for some reason, did they seem to get the Flyers' number? And with Matt Martin, Casey Sezekis, and Cal Clutterbuck, one of them usually scores against the Flyers. These guys, I have to say, minus the tinfoil, are the Hanson brothers. The closest thing you get <laughs> in the 21st century. They really are. Because they'll elbow you in the face, they'll put a stick between your legs, They'll play really good defense. They'll check. They play hard. And yes, somebody does inevitably get a goal. And you're like, how does this guy score? Um, But it happens. And so like to play against them, they're very annoying. Yeah, they are. And I absolutely would say that that fourth line is better than what the Flyers put out there. Yeah, I mean, and look, um, I think the Flyers fourth line is okay. Uh, you know, Zach McEwen did get an assist the other day off a nice play. He still can't finish, but at least he got rewarded for something. But these guys are a different level. Agreed. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Russ, you know what time it is. It's the nemesis of the week. It's yeah. one of my favorite things we do on the show. Again, if you are newer to the program, each Monday we look at the week ahead and try to identify who or what in the land of hockey is our nemesis for this upcoming week. And it allows me to just you know, get some of that bitterness and snark out and, and then have a pleasant week ahead. So last week we talked about the Hockey Diversity Alliance Tape Out Hate campaign that they did through Budweiser Canada and how the NHL and NHLPA chose actively to not be involved with the Hockey Diversity Alliance to the point where they wouldn't even allow NHL logos or jerseys or anything to be in their advertising and and involved, but then tweeted about it because, you know, that's what they yeah. do. Um, <laughs> so that was a good one. This week, it was very clear that the nemesis was the New York Islanders. And for me, I think that these two games are just line in the sand, defining what the Flyers 
are going to be for the remainder of the season. Like I said, the Islanders have started to turn things around a bit. And even if they don't ultimately succeed in making the playoffs, I think just being able to recover from that awful start and the COVID situation will show something and allow them to have momentum and success moving forward. Whereas the Flyers are in this spot where like they must turn things around. and, And even if it's not successful to have something positive, by the end of the season is more important than ever. Yes, totally agree. Um, my nemesis is, is ESPN Plus because I am on the road. Oh, and, that's a good one. And there's some things. So let me share. So yes. the first one is it's a paid service. This isn't YouTube. So why can't I drop in on a game without getting a commercial, especially on the phone? On the phone app, it's worse. So, so there's that. Another thing is what does ESPN have on their hockey section? Two writers? It's like you see something that might be interesting while you're in between the game and, you know, maybe you just don't want to watch the in-between period or don't want to watch commercials. And you click on it and it's like a 35-word, you know, AP. And it's like ESPN. I get it. You aren't going to staff hockey the way you do football. But can you try a little harder? You just got a big contract and you're already defaulting to a lot of AP articles and you have a couple of writers, but it's like, you know, this is a whole league that deserves way more than what they're giving on coverage basis other than, hey, we got you covered for all your games. You know what I mean? Like that was just all you did was take over, you know, the NHL package that was already existing and created a few studio shows. And, and, and that's it. But online, it's not much, Rachel. That's a very interesting direction because I would have gone completely different now i haven't looked a ton into like their article content other like i do read some of what they put out i love mm-hmm. emily kaplan yeah um yeah, she's her great stuff is phenomenal and i'm really excited for what she's done on on tv and with the mm-hmm. podcast with linda Cohn. so I, I do think they have some really good ancillary um in-depth content related to the nhl it's just the app itself that drives me crazy and in conjunction with blackout rules because with the like with the old nhl app if you logged on to a game before it started it would just automatically start when the game started not with espn plus you have to like exit back out and go back in after the time yes which is irritating as all get out. You can't, it like, it doesn't have the old markers for when mm-hmm. goals happened or when period starts, so you can't find things easily. And something I found out this past weekend, um, which I should have thought of, but the blackout periods for games to go back in and watch a replay are too long. So I did not watch the Rangers game live. I watched it the next morning, and I couldn't do it on the ESPN app. <laughs> because it was still blacked out because I live in New York. But why could it? Okay. Here's so I had I to wait just, for MSG to rerun the game. In it order doesn't to make sense. It. A blackout is supposed to be while the game is going on. Exactly. After the game is over, there's no not supposed to be a blackout. A blackout back in the day was so fans would actually show up to the game. A blackout shouldn't be like rights being taken away for a certain game no. in perpetuity. I pay for MSG and I pay... <laughs> For ESPN Plus. I should be able to watch that game on replay whenever Absolutely. I want. Yeah. Whenever I want. That, w- that was my <laughs> no, I see. about It's ESPN good. You add it to the weekend. ESPN Plus. There's things they could do to make it better, and I don't feel like they're even trying. 
Yeah, I mean, it is their first year, but if things don't change in the second year with the app and the way it takes forever to f- even find the games because... Yeah, actually, that's another live, good point. How the live section and the upcoming section work functionally are bad. Yeah, let, let me... For people that don't do it, if you're looking for hockey, it's like... UFC is like the first thing in your face, right? Because they have that exclusive. Then when you weed through the UFC, believe it or not, doesn't it seem like college hockey gets a better look yes. on the app than it the does. NHL? It's crazy. It does. You can't have a favorite team to, to <laughs> surface your your games that you want. It's It's brutal. So hopefully they work on it and get it better for next year. But... Clearly, we have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm sure we we'll talk about it again. Maybe we'll have to do a whole show. <laughs> Maybe. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Our Flyers fun thing, Claude Giroux got this really fancy crystal thing to commemorate his 600th assist. Um, I'm not sure why, but it's pretty, and I hope he likes it. Okay, you know what this reminded me of? Like, is this crystal like a crystal ball, and it's like... You know, Chuck is going to need to look into it in a couple weeks. Like, it's just, to me, it was like, it was almost like when you go and you go to a um, a shower and you give a gift and then that couple breaks up. That's what this uh. reminded me of. <laughs> Both things. Oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about tonight's uh, Flyers versus Islanders part the first game and we'll be talking about the phantoms as a reminder we always want to hear from you send us in your mailbag questions via twitter at lockdown flyers or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russ and i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y you made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.